The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM is brought to you by Digital Commerce Institute, the premier online resource for discovering smarter ways to create and sell your own profitable digital products and services. Our value-rich charter membership offer ends November 6th, 2015. Find out more at digitalcommerce.com. That's digitalcommerce.com. These are the Writer Files, a tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers, from online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediaphile. And each week, we'll find out how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. Critically acclaimed screenwriter and director John August stopped by the show this week to chat with me about his writing process, the film business, and his hit podcast, Script Notes. Since his breakthrough feature film debut, Go, in 1999, John has penned an impressive list of big-budget Hollywood films from Charlie's Angels to a handful of Tim Burton films, including Big Fish and Frankenweenie. The prolific author has also worked in TV, on Broadway, he makes his own writing apps, and is a voting member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. He currently produces the Script Notes podcast with co-host Craig Mazin, where they discuss the ins and outs of the screenwriting business. Join us for this two-part interview. If you missed part one of the file, you can find it on writerfiles.fm or in the show notes. In part two of the file, John August and I discuss creativity and how writers perceive the future. One great tool writers can use to get unstuck why a screenwriter's road to hell is paved with adverbs, how to read Oscar-nominated screenplays on your phone, and why you need to write the stories you want to read. I'd like to dig into your creativity some, if you don't mind. Sure. How, how would you define creativity in your own words? I think creativity is the ability to picture something that doesn't exist and um, find ways to make that thing exist. So it's, you're perceiving a future that is better than the future you're in right now and able to find a clever way to make that future come to pass. And so in the case of fiction, you're imagining this thing that already exists as being written and you're finding a way to write it. In the case of 
you know, visual arts, you're seeing a painting before it's actually painted and finding a way to manifest that. That's my off the top uh, definition of creativity. I like it. So when do you personally feel the most creative? Um, often when I'm in that sort of half dream state, so kind of early in the morning, late at night, uh, in the shower, anytime I'm sort of out of my normal head and not thinking about the normal stuff of the day, that tends to be my most creative period. That doesn't mean that I'm necessarily the most productive during those times, but that's the times when um, I'm making associations that I wouldn't have otherwise made. Yeah. Do you have a creative muse right now? You know, I don't have one creative muse. A thing that I worked on, which has actually been sort of a bunch of, of my, but other people's creative muses, um, we actually sort of was able to physicalize in a product. We made a thing called Writer Emergency Pack, which we did a Kickstarter for. And uh, it's now available sort of on Amazon and everywhere else. But it's just a deck of cards that sort of, when you sort of get stuck, it helps you get unstuck. And so there are just like little nudges and suggestions of, of you know, every villain is a hero. Um, that's not the dragon. Little things to think about when you're dealing with story and when you're getting to a place where you're not quite sure what happens next or what the, the, the good way is through a situation. And so I made it for other people, but I actually find myself using it a lot when I get to a place where like, huh, I just don't know what would be the interesting thing to happen now. Um, I will find myself breaking that deck out and, uh, and trying it. Yeah, definitely. And that's a great tool that I will link to in the show notes, the writer's emergency pack. Great, great tip. So what do you think makes a writer great? Um, I, well, this is going to sound, I'll have to define terms in order to say this, but I think a writer who has a voice and by a voice, I mean, it's a person who, uh, no matter what he or she writes, feels like it's like it's them speaking to you that it's speaking that they're using words and a tone that is sort of uniquely their own and they're using that that special voice that they've created to say something about the world as they see it um, and that's why you can have genre fiction that still has a very unique voice and it really feels like great writing it's also why there can be writing which isn't really wouldn't feel like it's fiction or wouldn't feel like it's creative writing, but is so enticing to read because you can really hear the, the writer's voice behind it. Um, an example would be, there's some great recappers out there in the world, people who watch a TV show and, and recap every episode of a TV show. And there's times where I'll read recappers who I don't even watch the underlying show, but mm -hmm. their writing is so smart about what they're writing about that I'm fascinated. And that's, um, that to me is a sign of a really strong writer is a writer who I want to read every word they write, even if it's not a topic I would normally be interested in. Yes. So do you have some uh, favorite writers at the moment? Yeah, I say that now I'm going to try to think of who my favorite writers are to read. A lot of the writing I read, I'm actually not reading the words. I'm actually, I'm seeing the, the finished product. Um, I'm seeing the stuff they make. So it's hard for me to say that uh, where the boundary was between what they wrote and what I'm seeing. But you look at like Lena Dunham's work and uh, both what she's done in girls, but also when she's writing about herself and she's writing about her childhood and she's writing her sort of memoirs. Um, it's, it's very true to who she is and uh, how she sees the world. I love reading her stuff. Hmm. The longer I make this list, the more people I'm going to leave out. So I think I'm going to stop there. Okay. Okay. We won't press you. 
Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Can you share a best loved quote with listeners? A best loved quote. Um, I think it's a, Stephen, it's a Stephen King quote. Uh, the road to hell is paved with adverbs. <laughs> uh, and I think it's just a great reminder that when you start writing, you kind of think you have to write fancier. And so you try to pull out your thesaurus and use better and bigger words. And that's very rarely the way to get to better writing. The way to get to better writing is to find ways to describe emotional truths and to create situations that expose things. In general, I think you know writing is served with verbs, not uh, adjectives and adverbs. Hmm. Yes, it's a great, a great one. So, well, you you yourself are um, a voting member of the Academy, is that right? That's right. So you're reading a lot of scripts now. Is that is that like one period of the year where you just kind of like get a pile of scripts, or? Are you actually watching that finished product for the, the, the kind of the writing piece you're doing? Are you watching the movie, reading the script? It's a tough call because, you know, we vote both for the Writers Guild and for the Academy. You're voting on best screenplay. And you have to decide, am I going to actually read every nominated screenplay or am I going to watch the movie and uh, use my writer brain to figure out where I think the... Uh, the screenplay was in that movie. And the reality is it's, it's impossible to read the screenplays for every movie that comes out. And so some years I've made it my mission to read every screenplay that's nominated. Rarely am I able to actually do that. So sometimes I'll be voting for um, a movie for best screenplay without having read the screenplay. The good news is that those screenplays are more accessible than ever. And so it used to be only that, you know, they would send out copies of the scripts to Academy members or to Writers Guild members. Now they put them online. And so 
you know, any writer who wants to can download that PDF and, and read those scripts. Uh, my company, I have a company that makes software, uh, and one of the apps we make is for iOS, and it is called Weekend Read. And uh, every fall, starting about this time, we put up all of the nominated scripts and all the Academy Award contender scripts so everyone can read them. And so uh, just this week, we put up the first eight of those scripts for people to read. And it's, you know, it's, it's good reading. You get to see like what movies look like in their non-filmed form. Yeah, absolutely. And I will uh, definitely post a link to that app as well, because that's a, a great uh, help for uh, anyone who wants to learn more about screenwriting. And I think every, every writer should, should take a look at a well-written script just to kind of get, get some ideas. Cause it's, it, it's kind of mind opening if you haven't um, looked at a feature length script. Just a quick pause to mention that the writer files is brought to you by the Rainmaker platform, the complete website solution for content marketers and online entrepreneurs. Find out more and take a free 14 day test drive at rainmaker.fm slash platform. So uh, let's do a couple fun ones. Are you a paper or an ebook uh, guy? I really like my Kindle, so I like ebooks a lot. And um, there's for things I need to refer back to a lot, I prefer paper because there's a, a sense of geography in a printed book that's really, really helpful. I know that it's about something I'm looking for is about that place. But for everything else, if it's something I'm just reading once, I'll happily take my Kindle. And do you have a favorite literary character of all time? I think I maybe may go really boring and go with like Sherlock Holmes. I'll go with somebody who is just <laughs> exists. You know, I, I love the characters who are, um, who their goals are so incredibly transparent, um, that they exist kind of only to, to fulfill this, this primal urge inside themselves. So Sherlock Holmes would be high up there on that list. Um, but I'll have to think about that. I'm not sure I have one. Okay. You know, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to amend that. Uh, but actually, it's a very similar kind of reason. James Bond. So James Bond, of course, is a literary mm. character in books, but also I'm, th- I'm really thinking of you know, film or liter- film's literature too. What I, I would say I love about James Bond as a character is that it's a character who uh, is, there's a clear uh, circumference of sort of what, he, um, what he's going after, and yet we've been able to grow him and evolve him over the years and in different incarnations and different characters, different actors playing him. Uh, so he's, He's, he's an idea in a way that's um, beyond any one um, portrayal of him. Sure. So I'll say James Bond instead. Okay, that, that, that's a good one. Well, they're both good. Um, and they both are timeless, kind of beyond their original incarnation. They've just become immortal in a sense. So if you could choose an author from any era for an all-expense-paid dinner to your favorite spot, who would you take and where do you think you'd take them? Let's think. Um, I think you'd want to find somebody who would be incredibly fun for dinner, even if you wouldn't necessarily want them in your life full time. <laughs> and so, uh, so, that, and so I'm, I'm narrowing it down to people who would like be fascinating dinner companions. Um, it's like Dorothy Parker would be great for a dinner. I, I don't know that I would want to spend, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily want her in my life full time, but just to hear her uh, talk about just the people around me in the restaurant would be fascinating. And just to hear that mind work and the things that she, uh, she says would be amazing. So I think uh, Dorothy Parker at a great restaurant like Per Se in New York. Very nice. So do you personally have any um, writer's fetishes? 
you know, I do collect uh, antique typewriters, um, but I collect them in a very lazy sense in that I don't actually know a tremendous amount about them. I'm not constantly on the hunt for them. I just think they're beautiful. And so um, when I find a cool old typewriter, a cool old manual typewriter, I will often purchase it and it will sit on shelves in a nice display. Um, I especially love like Arabic typewriters or things that are just really uncommon. There's mm. some typewriters that rather than the keys coming from the front, they come from in from the side. Um, just uh, recognizing that it was such a tremendous innovation and yet we uh, it forked off in many different directions. So I, I love old typewriters, even though I, I wouldn't choose to use one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, can you offer any advice to fellow scribes on how to keep the ink flowing and the cursor moving? I would say that a lot of times there's, you feel like you should do something. A lot of times, you know, writing is hard work, but sometimes you are beating yourself up because you're making this harder for yourself than you should. You've stopped um, remembering why you're writing and that writing should be about getting something that's inside you out. And so you may be writing something that you kind of shouldn't be writing or that you should set aside and work on something else. There's um, something that on the podcast, Craig and I will call the good boy syndrome is that I think so many of us as writers, uh, we were always praised for our writing. We were always told that we're a good writer and that we should need to work really hard. And um, we were teacher pleasers in a way. And I think we have to stop uh, trying to write to impress our you know, junior high teacher and start writing to impress ourselves and that you are your first audience. So you have to write those things that you desperately want to read. When people ask me about what movie they should write, I always say like, well, what movie do you want to desperately see in the world? And be honest about it. Like if you really love those weird indie comedies, you should write a weird indie comedy. If you love big giant sci-fi action movies, you should write a big giant sci-fi action movie. The other sort of general bit of advice I have is that you're more likely to finish the script or the story that has a great ending. And so if you're picking through the ideas to write, uh, pick the one that has the best ending because that's the one that you're actually going to finish. That is fantastic advice. I love, I love all of that wisdom. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to pop by, um, share some of your own processes. I will um, encourage writers to find the Script Notes podcast that you do with Craig Mazin. It's very, very uh, well thought out. It's a great format and it's just, it's a pretty fun one too. So um, thanks for your work on that. We'll link to that in the show notes. And where else can uh, writers connect with you out there or online? So I'm on Twitter. I'm just at John August. I'm also on the List app. I'm on um, my own website, johnaugust.com. Uh, the apps I make are at quote-unquote apps. So uh, that's where you can find Weekend Read. Um, Highland is the app I use for all my writing. So both the screenwriting and normal fiction. Um, it's an app for the Macintosh. Um, I guess that's about it. And I, I did see that you are interviewing Drew Goddard. I am. Um, I'm interviewing for the Writer's Guilds, I think, next week. That's fantastic. Um, this will probably air after that takes place, but maybe there will be a replay on that somewhere out there. Or is that there will be? So um, the normal script notes podcast comes out every Tuesday, and so we're on episode two hundred eighteen of that. But uh, we also, whenever I do these sort of one-on-one -on -one interviews with people, it goes into this premium feed, and so people can find that episode with Drew Goddard and my interview with Simon Kinberg and other folks at scriptnotes.net. 
Excellent. Excellent. And, um, yeah, for, for listeners who don't know, Drew Goddard, uh, wrote the adaptation of Andy Weir's ebook, the Martian. Uh, he was on the show earlier, uh, in the month and, uh, that's a pretty interesting coincidence as well. So, yeah, uh, Drew's the best. I'm, I'm so excited to sit down with him and talk through the really fantastic job he did in bringing that book to the screen. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. Well, thank you again. And um, definitely uh, the best of luck with all of your future projects and congratulations on all of your successes. All right. Thanks, Kel. Bye. Take care. And thank you for joining me for the second half of this tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. For more episodes, or to leave us a comment or a question, just drop by writerfiles.fm. And if you're looking for another great writing podcast, join my writerly cohort, Damian Farnworth, over on his excellent examination of online writing essentials at roughdraft.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter, at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.